You're listening to The Cooler Ring, a podcast made for manufacturing marketers. Here are Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Welcome to The Cooler Ring. My name is Jeff White, and joining me today is Carmen Perry. Carmen, how are you doing? I feel like it's been a while since we've recorded one of these. Yeah, it has been a while. I'm, I'm doing well, and I've got to say, I feel like we jumped into the actual recording from our pre-show chat and banter in kind of almost record time. Like we said, well, why don't we hit record? And then... You just hit record. I mean, there was <laughs> no there. pause. There was no deep breath. Uh, so, I did folks, take a sip of water. if um, if uh, if we have completely botched this opening, uh, you have uh, my deepest apologies. <laughs> and and we promise penny. to return your money. Yeah, yeah, every penny. Um, but uh, <laughs> so I am looking forward to today's show. We've got somebody on who has been making a lot of waves within the manufacturer that they work at and uh, doing some really cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. I've got, I've got to say, and this isn't going to be helpful for anybody who ever wants to hire me to do anything for them, but I feel in some way like I did some of my best work in my 20s. Like, I really feel like I was productive. Um, it was a time when I was able to, um, to just make some things happen in the organizations that I worked in yeah. and uh, a time of rapid advancement. So, and, and today, we're going to speak to somebody who is uh, in their 20s and doing just that. So mm -hmm. if I'm trying to regain some youth and live vicariously throughout the course of this episode, I apologize. <laughs> well, there's enough gray hair in each of our beards and and hair, what what there is of that. Yeah, so, it's a thing. Yeah. Let's but, get uh, on with it. Indeed. Nobody wants to know about our uh, decrepit uh, uh, yes, state. Yes, exactly. Uh, so joining us today is Alex Lovedahl. Alex is the Digital Experience Manager at Brandt. Welcome to the Gooler Ring, Alex. Hey, thank you so much for having me on. Absolute pleasure, Alex. Um, why don't we just get started with a bit of an introduction to Brandt and your role there, if you can just give our listeners a bit of that. Yeah, so Brandt is a pretty diverse ag company. So on one side of the business, we manufacture fertilizers, uh, but they're kind of special fertilizers with their own technology, so they got some uniqueness to them. And then on the other side of the business, we're a retailer where um, we're located in Illinois. So we have 26 physical locations uh, here in Illinois that farmers can go to to get all their inputs for their farm. So seed, chemical, fertilizer, even agronomic advice, you name it. So that's kind of the one-two punch of the, of the company in short term. And then what I do for Brandt is so I'm a digital experience manager, uh, or at least that's what it says on my business card. But uh, in short... If you're looking at a screen or and it's got our logo on it, it's one of our projects, a product, it's, it's going to come through me. So websites, apps, email marketing, digital advertising, you know, all the fun stuff we think of when we hear digital is kind of coming through me and my computer here. It's very cool. And, and I, I, one, one term you used on there, I just want to just grab onto a little bit because we've had other people say this as well. I believe it was Monique Elliott from uh, GE Power. Um, talked about marketing products as opposed to marketing projects and uh, the, that you use that word I think is indicative of an understanding of the role of these things that we build within your within your organizations um, talk to us a little bit about that get and I'd always thought of them as products I guess in my head but always called them projects because that's what we that's how they're discussed around here at the office. And then actually I was listening to your podcast uh, whenever I got introduced to it, found that episode and they, I, I listened to that and I'm like, you know, it just kind of clicked and made clear sense that like these are products. These are not, they are projects to me at the time, whenever I'm building and creating and developing, but 
the end result is a product that, you know, we can continue on and, and adapt to and, and adjust to kind of make it perfect for the market we're trying to serve, whether that's an internal market with employees only, if it's a product for them or a product, a digital product for customers or end users or something like that. So, like I said, I always thought of it as a project in my head and then finally clicked like, oh, man, it is a product like this is this is how I can kind of maybe use terminology to sell ideas and, and get things done around here. So. I really love the fact that uh, that episode is uh, has landed with you and uh, and is making some impact. So perhaps we'll have to check back in in like a year or so and just see how changing the conversation uh, within Brandt around digital yeah. uh, products, uh, how that what impact that has. So that'll be a great uh, fodder for uh, for, for sure. uh, our, our second uh, recording. Yeah, especially like. Uh, you know, sometimes projects get thought of as when they're done, they're done and, you know, they're over with. And so when, when I talk about it as a product, you know, it's kind of a continuation. You can continue to work on them and upgrade and improve, uh, which is so important with some of the digital tools we're, we're creating. Well, especially, I mean, if you compare it against the, the products that Brandt makes, you know, the, uh, the things that you learn from the usage of certain fertilizers are going to be used to improve that product over time. And why should it be any different with something digital like an app or a website? Yeah. Cool. I love that we're chatting uh, in the ag space as well, because yeah. like growing up in the potato belt of New Brunswick, <laughs> Canada, I feel like my well, I know my first job was in potatoes. So uh, it's uh, so this is like almost like old homeland. Yeah, I weeded many gardens and I still hate it. <laughs> That'll be your egg cred. <laughs> it's all I've got. Man. Well, you know, you got to take what you got. Yeah. And if, if I recall correctly from looking at your LinkedIn bio too, you've spent some time on a farm as well. So Yeah, that's kind of where we got started or how I got started. I grew up in small town America where some of the only jobs available were working on a farm. So it was almost like not an option. If you wanted to work, you were going to work on a farm when you were younger. Uh, but I mean, I loved it. I absolutely loved working on the farm and I the place where I worked, not only did we have, you know, a couple thousand acres of corn and soybeans, but we also ran a greenhouse where we sold flowers to people. And we had a produce stand where we kind of grew our own vegetables and, and stuff and sold those as well. So I worked on a farm and I got my ag background there. And then it was a small business at the time. So I really learned a lot about uh, business and, and how you can operate um, and kind of congruently with the two. So it was really, really black practical for, for me to work there. And, uh, I, I want to kind of continue this uh, career conversation because, I mean, that's, I think, Alex, a really compelling um, thing about your story thus far is that in some ways you've kind of made your own uh, and have uh, have carved your own path at Brandt. So why don't you uh, just continue on with that? Because I think, of course, after the work on the farm, you found yourself in university. And then after that, you're at Brandt pretty quickly, if, I, if my memory serves. Yeah. Um, so worked on the farm, still worked there while I was in college. Um, but I was actually a customer of Brandt's when I was working on the farm. So I got to know people there and I always liked the way they operated their business and, and treated me as a customer. So I was always kind of drawn to them. I didn't go to college saying, oh, I'm going to go work for Brandt someday. That was never like what I said. But what I did find was I'd be in class and we'd get a project. You know, I remember one that was we were supposed to come up with an idea for an app. That was the kind of the class project. And in my head, I'm like, all right, well, I, have, I want to do something different that nobody else in class might be able to do. And I was the ag kid in class. You know, everybody else was kind of from the city and everything. So like, oh, I'll do what I know and something that's a little different. I'll do agricultural. So I kind of developed this idea for an app uh, about Brandt. And then when I went to go apply for my internship, 
I slapped it on my resume and cover letter, and so it was included in there. I think that's one of the things that helped me get into the internship. Um, so then I found myself interning at Brandt um, for a summer, um, where I kind of just did odds and ends and anything an intern does uh, when you're working. So Well, I, I have a, a statement and then a question, I suppose. <laughs> one is, uh, I can tell you without being connected to anyone at Brandt whatsoever that I can assure you that that's got you in the door. Um, <laughs> As someone who hires people. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and then the second thing is, have you got, did you get a chance to build that app? You know, the, the, the concept of the app was, was great. And then when you get down to the nitty gritty of what it would take to accomplish it, I mean, you're talking a mass production of data and API integration and stuff like this. Um, don't get me wrong, ideas still out there. Uh, it's just a matter of making sure it's practical and worth the time and money and investment, just like everything else. So, well, it's nice to know it's not dead. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm happy that it's still on life support. Um, <laughs> that's a, that's a that's a cool story. Yeah. So, you um, uh, were able to transition the internship into a full time gig. Yeah, and you know, I'll, I'll never forget the the call when I was told that you know, hey, we've got. A, we're going to open up a position for you. We'd like you to come on full time. And like, just how happy and excited I was because I worked on a farm. I loved it. I interned at Brandt where I loved it. And then now I get to continue on and I don't have to start fresh. I don't have to meet new people and learn a new company. I just kind of keep to, I get to keep moving, I guess. Uh, so started on right after college. Uh, I, I skipped graduation. I didn't walk at graduation. I got in my car and drove home and started work the next day. I mean, that's how excited I was. Um, so yeah, my first title here, I think was marketing associate where I really was kind of an all hands on deck or utility player. Uh, so I was doing event management and trade show coordination. I would help copyright a couple of things for brochures and, and advertisements. So we're a small department for how big the company is. So there was just help needed all over the place. And I was kind of that fill in for whatever needed to be done, which I was happy to do. So. What, uh, what size is your marketing department? Uh, I think there are uh, seven of us. Um, okay. And, and how big is Brand? Uh, we have 500 employees total, okay. um, roughly. And so seven of us in the department, we do a NASCAR sponsorship. So a couple of our guys, you know, kind of manage that. We've got the retail side. We've got somebody managing that. And then the other side. So uh, just not a lot of people for all the different moving parts that we have going on around here. You know, I think that's a common story for a lot of manufacturers that size and scale. They find themselves... You know, there, there's one or two people in the marketing department that are inevitably jack of all trades, and For sure. and and they can find. I find that those positions, in some way, uh, almost go one of two ways or paths. You get somebody that gets very comfortable uh, being a jack of all trades uh, and continues to be that, um, uh, but maybe doesn't narrow in on too much of a focus that can help them advance in a career perspective. And then you have others who um, use that experience as a springboard for something next. And it seems to me that that's what you've done. <laughs> yeah. So one of the, one of the projects, and it was, this was just really good timing for me is uh, it had been decided that the company wanted to upgrade their website. And by upgrade, I mean, start over, start from scratch. So uh, we were kind of using uh, an old, an older system. Uh, still worked, still got everything done, but we wanted to be kind of newer and, and in more control of our website um, as it became more important. So my first day on the job, I remember hopping on the phone with the developers to 
just learn about how the new website was going to work. I didn't even know what a content management system was. And then here I am like taking it on like, okay, what am I going to be doing? This is on me now. I'm the ma- I'm the project manager for a, for a whole new website for the company. So that project really kind of kickstarted my digital career, I guess you would say. Um, and after, I, I learned about the CMS and what wireframes were, and I just kind of kept falling in love with it. And I was like, man, this is some really, really cool stuff about how everything works. And then, you know, being in control of the website, is kind of my thing. It's my baby. I, it's, it's kind of what I live and breathe every day at work. So, um, I, I really just loved taking care of the website and getting it done. And that, that feeling of accomplishment when we launched the new website, um, and how much everybody liked it, it was, it was really rewarding. Um, so I really like that aspect of it. I saw some stat, and I should tell you that it was in no way related to our agency uh, at Kula Partners. But um, if around websites, uh, like some, some crazy number of website, uh, quote unquote, projects <laughs> uh, when they launch. Uh, basically, the number one thing that the person has to say about it is they never want to be involved in that. <laughs> it was the complete opposite. Um, so... The fact that that went off well uh, is uh, is a great sign, and obviously is in no small part uh, uh, helped to uh, fall in love with digital as a bit more of a direction. Well, th- that to be fair, you were coming up with app ideas in university, so I don't so, think we can. Yeah, do, do you think that they uh, that they gave you the website because you were the millennial in the room? It it could have been. I really think it was just you know everybody else had their hands tied with other things, and then it was. You know, there there had to have they needed somebody to kind of manage this and keep track of it. And the, you know, I had the the bandwidth to do it at the time. I guess I am younger. You know, we, you know, you kind of fit that role of of being the digital person when you when you are younger. I think so. I think it was everything kind of coming together at once. Just so. The Cooler Ring is proud to be a media sponsor of the 2019 Manufacturer Ed Summit Conference, which is being held September 16th to 18th in Chicago, Illinois. Carvin and I will be live on site recording interviews for future episodes of The Cooler Ring. You can save $200 now with the discount code COOLERPARTNERS200 at ManufactureEdSummit.com. That's ManufactureEdSummit.com. been able to uh, to leverage that into a broader digital role where you're uh, looking at um, app environments dashboards um, and things of the sort and much I think you said anything with the screen um, uh, by brand has to come through you so um, that's a you know in some ways I, I gotta say I've never I don't think I've talked to a manufacturing marketer that said it in quite that way anything with the screen comes through mm-hmm. and it, it, um, so it's interesting to me that you've you've been able to you know define that, that uh, yeah yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it keeps it kind of broad spectrum on you know what I can be involved with but uh, yeah it it really is even the social media and stuff like that's you know falls underneath my belt not all the content and everything like that but just the overall management of it um, kind of falls into into my lap which is good and you know uh, brand we own several companies and several brands and subsidiaries and so once we got the main website up and running then it became uh, okay well maybe these other companies and brands that we own it's time for them to get an upgrade so then it just started kind of snowballing where it was one after another I, I would get one company a brand done and then it was on to the next one and that's still kind of happening today where we're constantly just upgrading and improving um, everything that we have out there 
And how is that extended beyond web properties? So as you mentioned apps and dashboards, but can you peel that back for me a little bit further and help me understand? I mean, it was, you know, there was a time, of course, and everybody was just trying to simply create an app that was a replica of their website, and that was that. Um, uh, I guess, what's the current state of, a, state of play at Brand? Yeah, so we knew we wanted to have an app. We knew um, we had to have something out there, just like you said, to be relevant. Uh, but we wanted it to be practical. And then I kind of broke down numbers and stats of saying, um, well, on our website, here's a tool that's being used uh, most frequently by mobile users. Um, you know, And so by taking that information, we were able to say, well, maybe a tool like this, but in an app form is our best bet and is practical. And so we've got a product portfolio of over 300 products. And you know, people are always wanting information on the go, sometimes our Growers and customers, farmers don't have service in their fields. You know, they're out in the middle of nowhere. So we developed an app for um, end users and customers to find our product labels, find out product information, save them to their phone, and kind of have a basically a product database in their pocket of everything we have to offer. That's very cool. And that makes complete sense to me. Yeah. Um, you know, having worked irrigating potato fields out of cell service. Yeah. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. What are you talking about? That was even before cell phones were a <laughs> no, thing. No, I'm pretty sure cell phones were kind of maybe around. Yeah, you just needed a suitcase to carry one. Exactly. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, what, um, Alex, the the, uh, the websites that you've been developing, uh, you, you mentioned how much you enjoyed the process and the project. Um, is, is there, uh, something there like the, what's the biggest learning that you've kind of taken away from, from diving into a, a corporate manufacturing? Yeah. Website? So there's a couple different things that I, I just, well, one, I'm always learning, like no matter what I think I know, I'll get done with the website and be like, Oh, maybe I could have done that different. But, uh, I guess overall it's just kind of really thinking through start to finish on the navigation and how things work and more kind of a user interface, user interface, um, mindset, I guess. Uh, to you know your main navigation, what does that need to be to be the most useful to people? Uh, there's a thousand different ways you can organize information and kind of nailing it down from the beginning and getting buy-in on that uh, has been extremely helpful. So you know going in with the full I've done websites without wireframes, which turned out to not be as easy and you know quick as I thought they would be. So really starting with that overarching plan uh, and getting buy-in from it at the beginning so that way you're you know just about done, you're on the same page as all parties involved. Um, so that's that's one of the biggest things. I've done a couple international websites where those were huge learning processes, understanding you know how to do translations and how you know different cultures and different countries works when it comes to websites. You know I can come in and tell our Brazilian company that we own this is what your website's going to look at, but you know you need to listen to all parties involved uh, and get their feedback and kind of take that, use what I know, use my experience, and, and create the best product uh, possible from it for sure and and how um i assume you're kind of paying attention to how those sites are doing now that they're live um what sorts of things have you uh, maybe iterated on um or learned since they've gone live right so sometimes you know i'll get um well now you know people have kind of seen what we're capable of so, you know you know what is the marketing department capable of is outputting for a, an online tool uh, which is a good thing. We want people to come to us for help. We want to help people. Um, so sometimes they'll come to us with an idea and, uh, you know, they want this done. I'm like, all right, it's going to cost this amount of money. It's going to take this much time. And some people have kickback on it. But then after it's up and running, you know, we're able to take the analytics and the data and say, well, 
you know, you didn't want to do this tool because it was going to cost money, but actually in the, in the month of September, it was our most visited page on the website, even more than the homepage. And so when you're kind of able to take these numbers and stats to, to everybody and, and kind of prove what something's worth based on the numbers, it really helps uh, everybody, you know, understand that what you're trying to do and, and what you are doing can be practical or on the other end of the spectrum, it can be, a, it turns out it was maybe a waste. Maybe it wasn't something that we needed to do. So, uh, which we haven't had too many of, luckily. Yeah, you made some smart bets along the way, it sounds <laughs> like, and uh, and also had the wherewithal to uh, put analytics around it to ensure that you could actually close a loop on that and be able to track your results. So, um, yeah, it takes it takes both. It takes the good bets and the uh, close loop analytics. And that you know that's kind of what I saw as an opportunity here is we were getting people coming to um, you know create these tools or, or different products. And then it just kind of hit me. I was like, wow, I'm the person that's that's kind of doing this. Uh, you know, what else can we be doing in this digital world that's not being done now that we can take advantage of? And also kind of here at the company, just because the way the department's structured is we don't have that ladder where it's like, okay, you work here three years, you're going to get promoted to this. Or, you know, you put in this much time, you get promoted. It's like we're all just kind of here in our own little realms and, and working as a team together to, to get everything done. And just that there was this kind of opening an opportunity for somebody to do digital that's kind of when i took the reins and was like all right this is what i want to do this is what i enjoy doing for work uh let's make it practical and valuable for the company um, so that's kind of how i started carving my own path was i guess seeing the opportunity absolutely and i think there's something i i, I kind of want to touch on here because it, it's Further interesting to me that this uh, innovation has happened within the ag category, because so often in um, uh, larger B two B manufacturing organizations, um, there's um, sometimes an attitude that uh, yeah, those buyers really don't want much from a web presence. They won't use it much. Uh, you know, it's just a, it's a nice to have. Maybe it's not really seen as a priority in many of. Of, of organizations, and that can be pretty evident uh, when you look at their homepage. Um, but here we have a group of buyers who, you know, from the outside looking in, I bet a lot of people think are pretty unsophisticated. And um, uh, well, I guess I know that not to be true. It's my, been my impression over the years that farmers are, are very early adopters of computing technology and and and, uh, and and the internet and sharing of information uh, via the web and have and it's interesting to me interesting to me that you've been able to kind of capture that and uh, and use that right so you know the ag industry as a whole is just unbelievably innovative when it comes to technology you look at machinery now and and the way we're able to collect data and, and everything from a combine like it's it's insane and then even technology through genetics and everything we're able to accomplish through how the plant works and operates. So it is like a truly innovative industry. There are just certain, you know, uh, you know, the buying process sticks out to me and how that's pretty traditional. It's very built off relationships. It's, you know, uh, kind of old school, but there is always going to be that opportunity and adaption to using online tools to aid in the buying process. So I guess not replacing the buying process by any means, uh, but just kind of helping assist it. Um, so I can appreciate that, the, the not replacing the, uh, the buying process and the thinking that the, the relationships obviously will still be important. 
I think it's going to be interesting to see. You know, I think if we revisited this 10 years from now, it'd be curious how much our opinions would change there. Mm. Um, I, 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 I don't know. I could see a number of scenarios where all of a sudden no, the relationships aren't that important anymore. Yeah, was, the digital interfaces. This, reorder this. directly. Yeah, yeah. And, and the you know phone support, online support, or, and all that other works. You know what I mean? I can, uh, as people get more, I'll, I'll yeah. be curious to see how that uh, how that unfolds. For now, though, how how are your sales teams embracing or or not embracing the the tools that you've built for them? Well, for their customers. Um, so it has been, yeah. So they're all pretty, you know receptive and they're they just love having you know more tools built around them to help them you know one one thing that jumps out to me that i that i helped with uh, a couple years ago was you know we didn't have a a list you know, a list of where to buy our products and you know kind of a simple concept of of you know where to buy and it just didn't exist just because the data wasn't there the information wasn't there uh you know we sometimes sell the wholesalers so we don't know where they go from the wholesalers there was kind of these um loop these holes in the distribution process where we didn't have the, the information we needed to create this tool. So what I helped do was work with the sales rep say, all right, in your area, give me all the retailers, all the places that can buy your information. I took the data from our ERP, compiled that, and then took all these lists and everything, put it together, built this tool, kind of relatively simple on entry your zip code and I'll tell you where you can buy our stuff. And even things like that just really go a long way with them kind of these these simple concept stuff so they're just they're all for any kind of any type of assistance they can get it kind of relieves the, them taking a phone call or something on asking well where do i get this stuff and and so i think stuff like that kind of helps them see that what we're trying to do is aid we're not trying to replace and i love the um to keep it simple notion of that idea too. I mean, uh, you know, people will get into boardrooms and brainstorm for five hours on innovative new ideas that they could launch. And it's like, yeah. And we could also just tell people where to buy our stuff though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Novel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but, but I agree with you that the, the change is coming, you know, nobody is ignoring it by any means. You know, we know disruption is out there. It's going to come, it's going to hit just like it, it has every other industry, but you know, it's up to us to uh, be on the right side of it. Uh, you know, keep our process, keep doing what works, uh, but yet be ready and anticipate these kind of changes that, that will eventually happen, I guess. Well, in the spirit of that, let's turn uh, let's turn the table a little bit and just kind of start to, instead of talking about what has happened, let's look ahead a, a bit. Uh, because you're now, how long have you been at Brand? Oh man, I think four years now, full time. Cool. So uh, you know you're getting your feet under now, you now for sure, and uh, are making a significant impact there. I'd be curious, kind of as you. Uh, look around the corner as to what's next for the organization digitally. Um, can you give us any kind of insight without uh, without telling us too much? <laughs> yeah, you know, discussions definitely happen on what's happening in the industry. What can we do better? Uh, you know, you always want to be innovative and have that next big idea, but it has to work well for the company. So I think finding that balance of being innovative enough to compete and satisfy your customers, stay relevant, uh, but, you know, sometimes if you're too innovative and you come out, jump in the gun and introduce a process, it can maybe sometimes turn people away. So finding that kind of sweet spot of being innovative, but yet keeping things um, still smooth and, and not, you know, throwing wild cards at your customers. So 
I guess what I what I see as one thing happening is, you know, just kind of using what's already there, but kind of compiling it all together. So, you know, like I said, we're, we're able to collect uh, an unbelievable amount of data from a farm, whether that's, you know, soil tests, tissue tests, and, and you know, different history rates of applications and things like this. So taking this data that exists and compiling it in a way to, again, aid us in what we're good at, especially on our, our retail side. So, you know, we've got customers that come to us for agronomic advice, but what if we can compile data and put it together and combine that with a, a little snippet from our agronomist on what they can do and what might work well for them this season? Uh, I think one of the biggest challenges in agriculture is just the number of variables that exist, whether it's weather or soil types, tissue type. I mean, it's the list can go on and on. Um, but data is being used, and I, I think it's going to keep being used with different pieces of technology to help present information to customers better and uh, help them make better decisions. That's, um, I mean, it seems to me uh, that you're onto something there. Um, uh, and like you say, you have so much um, data, it's a matter of extracting it from the various systems and finding a way to present it to those customers um, and, and to provide some value-add information along the way. Um, that seems brilliant to me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and some people are doing it. You know, there's a couple of companies out there that are kind of running this concept and, and you know, they've got the, the tools and the, the assets to make it happen. But, you know, so kind of looking at what are they doing? What's working for them? What information do we have? How can we maybe process and, and more custom tailor the recommendations or information to our specific? Of course, of course. Well, there'd be any number of ways that you could kind of hook on that idea and bend yeah. it. And there you better. go. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's I a mean, fun. It's a fun project ahead or shall we say product? <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, Alex, uh, I, I wonder if we um, if we might be able to get some uh, career advice as we close out the show um, for us. Well, maybe. <laughs> uh, uh, but you know, I think for, if there are folks listening who are at the start of their uh, marketing career and um, kind of wish that four years from now uh, they were a digital experience manager at a major manufacturer. Alex may have some unique insight there. Yeah. What can you tell us? So I, I guess what just always stands out to me the most and what helped me the most, I think, was uh, you know, I got started. I was a marketing associate. You just kind of I was coming to work. I was you know doing what I was told, working as hard as I could to accomplish, uh, you know, basically to do lists on what needed to be done. And then you kind of just have, or at least I did when I first started working of, well, I'm going to put in time, I'm going to get promoted. Like you kind of just assume these things are going to happen maybe because you hear, you know, oh, he's been, this person's been here for 10 years and they, you know, they got a promotion or whatever. And it wasn't really until I realized like you got to do something to provide value in order to, to make that promotion or that pay raise or whatever it may be happen. Uh, and so once I kind of saw how can I add more value to the company, that's when it really clicked and was like, okay, here's what I need to do in order to to move myself, right? And so, again, just looking for those opportunities on, on what would add value. So, I'll, like, one quick funny story is, you know, we have the 26 locations here in Illinois, and there was one day I was driving to one of them, and I typed it into Google, and I couldn't find it. And I was like, okay, we, we don't have a Google business account set up. So I turned around, drove back to the office, and, and set up our Google business, claimed all the 26 locations, made sure they had the right phone numbers, addresses, business hours, all this stuff. Uh, and 
I kind of showed the boss. I was like, hey, you know, by the way, I did this. Everything's all good. You know, people can get directions now. It's like, oh, that's fantastic. You know, wouldn't even thought about doing that. That's awesome. And then, you know, I go back a month later and I'm able to show him, okay, well, we had, you know, uh, 6,000 requests for directions to all our locations. There was 3,000 phone calls made this month um, to the no phone numbers listed and kind of showing them the numbers as well to kind of back my decision up. And so that was just one thing where I saw the opportunity, how it would add value to the company, made it happen, and it ended up going a long way. So And man, and did so with just good, solid blocking and tackling digital fundamentals, Yeah. Um, which uh, which is, I think, a beautiful lesson. Um, well, Alex, it's been a real pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much. No, I, I appreciate it. Uh, you know, I think I told you last time we chatted, is, you know, you kind of like, show up to work, you, you work hard, you get things done, you're appreciated around here, but then to have somebody else from the outside reach out to, you know, kind of say they want to hear from you, it's, it's pretty humbling. So I really, really do appreciate you, you having me on. So. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. All the best. Thanks for listening to The Cooler Ring with Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Don't miss a single manufacturing marketing insight. Subscribe now at coolapartners.com slash the cooler ring. That's K-U-L-A partners.com slash the cooler ring.